Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff. Sorry, we had a little technical difficulty there. I'm Bill Cannon, and uh, we have a very special guest tonight. I'm going to bring Mark in in a second. He wanted me to introduce him. Our guest tonight is Robert Garland. He's an active NYPD detective from the 13th Precinct Detective Squad. And the reason he's really on the show is not because he's a superstar cop. Well, I guess he would tell you he probably is. But it's because he has a foundation called Fund the First, which is doing amazing work for first responders. Let me bring Mark and Robert Garland in right now, and we'll introduce you to him. Hello, Mark. And this is, how's everyone doing? All right. What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, Robert. Hey, Mark. Hey, Bill. On Facebook, we went we went live on uh, on YouTube, but I don't know what happened with Facebook. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep talking. How you doing, Mark? Mark, you did a show last night in uh, was where was it in Connecticut? Yeah, I was at the Mohegan Sun. Thanks for everybody who came out. Um, my friend Howie came out. He, we worked together in the Queens Task Force. I hadn't seen him in in a long time. Um, he comes out to all my shows, but it's funny because we were we were reminiscing for a second there, and he used to help me with my acting parts in the van when we were in the task force. And a lot of times it was either like Shakespeare or or reading the female part of a play. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and that was twenty seven years ago. So uh, yeah, so that was great. And we had another member of the service there. I, I never caught his name, but he he uh, he came up to me afterwards. You really on the job? I was like, yeah. He goes, what was your tax number? I said, nine. <laughs> That's how, we, how quick we identify ourselves. And then I also had a film producer there, uh, a, a guy that I grew up with, uh, Sandy. He came with his family. And the place was pretty, uh, uh, I wouldn't say packed. I don't think you can be packed now, even out there in Connecticut, not yet. But everybody was socially distanced. We had a great time. It was a lot of fun. My friend Joey Gay was on the show, Joe Pontello, Ryan Broth. It was a lot of fun. But um, I'm excited about our guest tonight, uh, Robert Garland. Welcome. Pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having AKA me. Bill. AKA Steve. <laughs> See, yeah. AKA Steve. Robert. There we go. <laughs> Robert, you know what? I, I found out that you're also married to a cop. Indeed. She's at work right now. She works nights. Wow. That's that's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, that's that's incredible. You know? You never heard yeah. that too many guns in the house? Uh, there's a lot of sayings when you're married to another cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show I'll show even a picture. Let's see. There's a picture of the beautiful couple here. Oh, there we go. Wow, look at that. That's old. Really are, that's, that's 2011. Were New you were Eve. you were you married then, or were you just uh, we getting... we were married in that picture uh, maybe three months. Wow, that's yeah. amazing, man. It's got to be tough to be married to another cop. We, you know, it's got to be really tough. I don't know. Ah. Uh... It's got its ups and downs, but you know what? It's great because it's easy to talk to each other. You know what's yeah. going on. You don't have to explain anything, you know, so it's nice. It's yeah, but then you always got to worry about your wife while she's doing her shift and you're yeah, home. That's true. That's true. That you're home true. with the kids, you know? It's like, you know. knows all the scams. Those, <laughs> those, uh, the uniform check. That's gone. Yeah. She's already spent that. She knows. Uh, <laughs> she knows what a pension loan is. Oh yeah. And you can't tell her a DAT is the day after tomorrow because you <laughs> stay at the bar for two days. Tell them that. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember guys used to get their checks when I was still when I was working. People used still they used to still get checks, and they used to cash it at the corner of the bodega. Cashing your cop check at the bodega just so you can give your wife all the money. <laughs> there was one guy I worked with when I, I was in Midtown North. He was still doing that. Yeah. Still doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah still, I'm not going to say his name. He's still on the job. You, you, you should that. see my wife now when we get the variable supplement. She has it spent before it even oh. hits the bank account. There's a list <laughs> where it's going to go. Right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, we'll use this for that. We'll use that for this. And I'm like, ah, why did I tell you any of this stuff? You know? <laughs> Could I have $100 out of it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could I? Get could I just have a, a little bit of money out of it? You know? <laughs> so, Rob, tell us about your uh, your fund for me. Uh, and it's it's a great foundation. And mm -hmm. uh, describe it to our fans and tell tell people what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm sure everyone's familiar with crowdfunding as a whole. Crowdfunding, everyone's seen campaigns where people are trying to raise money for an illness, a surgery, a death, unfortunately. Uh, good causes, toy drives, whatever it may be. But... We saw a real need in the space for first responders and military to have a trusted platform where they could raise money without having to worry about anything. No scams, no fraud, nothing like that. 
So it actually, it goes back a couple of years. Uh, I spent the majority of my, my career in uh, narcotics. I don't have much time on the job, not like you seasons vets over there, but uh, I'm, at, I'm at 13 years now. And I spent about six and a half years in narcotics before an injury. So my, my shoulders hurt. So I'm out in the, in the squad now. Um, so we'll see what goes on with that in the next couple of months. I had surgery in July, but, uh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Did you um, rotate a cuff surgery? I tore my labrum. I got two anchors. Oh, so, okay. I think, I think you need three. Uh, <laughs> you know, they want, I went. They want to give me a whole new shoulder, but I was like, "Forget it, man!" It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. bionic man. He's got two new hips. Yeah, I got. No, I got. A, I got a left hip. Get a shoulder. I'm probably going to need a right hip, and then I want to do my shoulder. And I'm like, it's too painful that shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Who knew this, yeah, the, the six million dollar man was going to be sixty three years old? <laughs> hey, hey, Rob. Some one of our one of our fans, twelve step woman, said Robert Goland is a hottie. Oh, there we go. Hey, <laughs> he is. What's Mark and I are too old now to be hotties anymore. Back, back in nah. the day, no. back in the day, we were hotties. You know, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, Three years old, damn it. Uh, you guys still got it. Don't worry, you still got it. So, are so you going to uh, get three quarters for your shoulder injury? Uh, I'm not going to jinx anything, but it's, you know, I was a district surgeon this morning. Surgery was in July. So what's the number? I think after 10 months, they, they start surveying you after surgery. So we'll see what goes on. Definitely. And you and on. you have three kids at home, right? One, yeah. three, and seven. Is that right? Yep. Three kids. Oh, my yeah. God. Luckily, it's when I texted you earlier, I got my mother-in-law to watch them for right now. Oh, so wow. she she's on it. I got to go pick them up out east but uh, as soon as this is over. So otherwise, I, you'd hear screaming, banging, and everything in the background. Oh, you um, have to you have to babysit by videotape, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, we got you know the iPad, the TV, everything. Wow. It's crazy. I remember oh, when uh, <laughs> when my kids were small, my wife used to call me at work, my ex-wife, and she used to say, uh, "Talk to your son," <laughs> and then you could hear him shivering, shaking on the other end. <laughs> oh man, Talk to your son. That was it. That's all she had to say. And he was like. <laughs> FaceTime when you got to do it yeah i mean listen i i didn't see my kids for six years you know my oldest guy when i was in narcotics i was never home you leave work and i'm not sure bill did you did you work narcotics at all no i went from uh i made sergeant when i had four years and 10 months on the job ah, I, okay. I went right to a command and then i was an anti-crime and then i went into the detective bureau with like 10 years on the job. Okay. So I never I never went to narcotics. I went via RIP, and RIP used to be part of patrol. Right, right. And then they made it go into the squad, so I didn't have to go into the rat squad. <laughs> you know, because it, yeah. it was that if you put in for the detective bureau, you had to do two years in IAB. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. avoided that by going, just getting assimilated into the squad from RIP. So well, now there's, there's too many guys volunteering for that now. To go to IAB? Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Uh huh. Yeah. But let's, why? Uh, why do you think that is? Because they would just want to get off the street. Um. No, I think a lot of a lot of people think it's a, a quick way of getting grade. That's disgusting, no? man. Yeah. That, Listen, I, I ran some of the biggest cases in narcotics wire cases. You know, taking down. I had one of my cases, thirty-eight subjects. Thirty-eight subjects. We hit twenty-two doors in one night, and I didn't get grade. You know, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just the way the way the job works. Sometimes. Grade, grade is, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a contract. A lot of times, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I first got when I first got to the two three squad in 1997, I'm telling you, the detectives were superstars. It was one of the best squads around, and no one had grade. Not a single guy had grade. Wow, you don't hear that anymore. Every squad's got grade, you know, everywhere. Yeah, what what kind of drugs are uh, if you're allowed to say that is in a? I mean, obviously, it's probably a lot of different type of drugs you're are getting. But is it mostly pills when you do a big operation like that now? Is it? Uh, so you know, it's funny. Actually, I could speak about that case because it was a public. It's public. I was in the news about it. You know, we had to give a press conference and everything, and everyone's in jail now, so it's fine. Uh, that case was primarily we were buying cocaine, primarily cocaine, a lot of heroin. Um, but one of the subjects that we had, we didn't even know when we hit his door, he had over a thousand pills. All, all, um, what was it? Um, sticks. What the hell you call sticks? Uh, Zanny, Zanny bars. 
So he had. He hey, had we've been off the job for a long time. You think we know the terminology? <laughs> I was never in narcotics. I don't know any of that shit. <laughs> so I know it, that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that guy. He had uh, he had a thousand Danny bars, all real, and it was just surprising to us because he was part of the gambling ring of this case. He wasn't yeah. even part of the drug scene. So to recover that off of him was pretty nice, and we ended up, you know, getting some information off him where it went to, and it led to another case that I, I developed after that. Um, narcotics was fun. I loved it. That was the best part of my career. Well, you can loved make it. a lot of overtime in narcotics, right? Even now, although I hear they're cutting back on everything, right? Yeah, every everyone's cut right now. There's a, a lot of cutbacks in overtime. It's not the same. I mean, there was a point when I was there, I was averaging 55, 60 hours a month. You know, there's a lot, a lot of overtime there. A lot. Yeah, but uh, narcotics also, you know, there was also like, you know, with the marijuana, like there was a, <laughs> they were getting a bad rap, like grabbing guys in Brooklyn Heights, walking their dog, <laughs> taking. Yeah, we 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 didn't do any weed. That weed stuff went out the window. You know, with the past couple of years, everything going on, it was only hard drugs. It's funny the way that works out because when I first got on the job, weed wasn't uh, something that you would arrest somebody for as well. When I first got on the job, if you came into the in the precinct with a weed collar, they throw you out. Be like, dude, freaking <laughs> robberies going on right outside the door. Go grab one of those. What are you bringing this shit in here for? Yeah. And then it whole it all switched. Then the next thing you know, like within a blink of an eye, ten years later, like I said, you know, you're walking down the street, walking your dog in your pajamas. You got a one hitter. The next thing you know, you're in the back of a van. Yep. Yep. <laughs> go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, still doing a lot of B. You didn't do B and B, did you? Oh yeah, you you Why were an, you were an undercover. No, no, I was an investigator. Yeah, because you look too clean and too healthy to be. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, because undercovers have to have a certain look. You got to look like this. You got to look street, right? So I did. I did narcotics in in Manhattan. So basically, when you're in Manhattan, and I know a lot of the other teams that are all over the city, they're a lot in cars. In Manhattan, you're on the you're on foot the whole right. time. You know, you got to be around the undercovers. And me, I had to blend in. My hair was longer. I had a big beard. I have to. I'm covered you know, in tattoos. You know, you so you got to. You could just put a suit on and be some guy from Wall Street. You shave that beard. Oh yeah. Your hair back. You unravel your tie a little bit, like you've been on a bender. I'll sell you anything. Oh yeah, no one knows. <laughs> you know, no because knows. you look like you're in the city. Yeah. Even if you were uptown, it looked like you. You know, you started partying after work, and now somehow you wound up in this drug den. I, you know what I'm saying? It, it mm-hmm. happens in New York. That's a, It's not that familiar in like the Bronx. You have to be really get lost to, to be a Wall Street guy in the Bronx. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it happened. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Rob, let me ask you something. I noticed that you have a Heroes First podcast. I do. Are you, are you trying to fucking compete with Mark and I here? I, I are you am. stealing our I idea? Am. Very much. You look like, is that your gaming chair? This is my podcast chair. Oh, it is? It looks yeah. like a gaming chair. It is, actually, but it's comfortable. I like it. Yeah. So, Mark, he's trying to be like <laughs> the younger version of, of Police Off the Cuff, you know, but he's calling it Heroes First Podcast. <laughs> what do we think about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> that It goes hand in hand with Fun the First, so it's nice oh, because okay. we, we end up – we get a lot of people that do campaigns on the platform to come on the show, people that have – you know, fantastic stories that are cross country and first responder, military, medical professional fields, business people. So it's really great to have that show. And it just informs the community of so many different people that are coming on, especially like what you guys are doing here, you know, which is great. It's really you know, great. One, one you got a chair like that that, uh, that I use for uh, when I watch you porn, but it's a recliner a little bit. <laughs> well, this this goes back. <laughs> this actually has, I can't show it on the Wagner. camera. Look at Scott Wagner chipping in with a uh, four ninety nine super chat. I think we missed somebody there, Bill. Uh, we did. We also got. We also while we were talking, we had a, a Patreon subscriber just jump on right now. Wow! Did you notice that, Elise? Uh, I haven't. Uh, I've been trying Elise. to. Hey, shout out to Elise. Elise, how are you? Thank you so much for being a Patreon customer. Let me shout out to some of our, our live chatters. What's that? Elise, she dipped in butter. Oh, she's dipped in butter. She yeah. must love it then. Thank you, Elise. The MC's Audio, Miss Angela Lap, 3233, Edward Kelly, uh, Miss Peter Prando. He's, he's our mainstay, Lieutenant Pete. Edward Kelly, uh, Miss Angela again, uh, 12-step woman. Richella Pranzo, Rebecca Hicks, Melody McAtee, how, how are you? Good to see you here. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is any Scott Scotty Wagner? Thank you, Scott, for that five four ninety nine super chat. Ron Schindel, the double inspector. 
He DI on the NYPD. Now he's an inspector in the Port Authority. That guy's going to be living large one day down in Florida. <laughs> uh, who else we got? 12-step woman, I said. I think that's about it. I'm renaming people as we go along. You know, one of the things that, uh, Rob, that we love about this podcast, and you'll you'll see too, I saw that you only had like five episodes of your podcast. Ten. Come on, ten. Ten. Oh, I, I, I only saw five. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that we love about it is the great people we get to meet. It really is fantastic. You know, and I think Mark would say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, besides for you, everybody else was great. <laughs> what are you on tape delay, Rob? He didn't get the joke. Rob, I was like, what, "What happened?" I thought he was. I thought he was talking to you, Bill. I'm Rebecca Hicks said, uh, "I had two herniated discs and an artificial ones wouldn't hold, and one actually came out and was lodged in my scar tissue where they went in front of my throat air." Wow. Hey, Rebecca, we wish you the best. Uh, sorry about that. It sounds. Sounds really scary, man. You should try to get control of those uh, discs because they'll fly around if you don't if you don't watch them. <laughs> he, he's, he, he still thinks he's he still thinks he's on stage, you know. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, listen, everybody's especially if you've been banged up on the job. I don't know if uh, Rebecca got hurt on the job, but it's it's uh, it's one of those things. It's um, Especially if it was in action, like you know, fighting somebody or running after somebody with that high adrenaline, you know, that's something you never forget, man. I, I blew up my hamstring chasing a guy, uh, the guy who got, he got collared for uh, for a murder, and he tried to take off on us. And uh, just the adrenaline that's pumping your body. I ran every day. I was in phenomenal shape. There was no reason why I should get hurt in this run. And then three strides in, man, because the adrenaline was pumping. Blew out, and there's a video of me running down the block holding my hamstring, oh. and then they played it for me on my desk when I came back from work. <laughs> the computer, you know, Mark. That's what they did to me when I went to one PP and they towed my car. Uh -huh. When I got back, my computer had a picture of me screaming like a miniature, and with my car being towed, and I'm jumping <laughs> up and down yelling. You know, it was the funniest <laughs> thing. Now, I have a whole story about my car being towed at one PP. It was funny. Hey, uh, as well. hey, Rob, how long have you been out with the shoulder now? I, I got hurt uh, oh, November of 2019. I had surgery July 2020. So it's been a while. Uh, it was actually during B&B. Wow. Yeah, you're like one of those athletes that the, that the Mets get, a superstar, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt like in the first week. You don't see him for three years. Yep. <laughs> yep. But does, does your wife still love you now that you're uh, uh, half she a man? Half a, because you're, you're a three-quarter bound cop? <laughs> uh, I hope she loves me more. <laughs> Yeah, you take some of the burden off. And plus, yeah. like you said, you weren't home for six years. There he is smiling yeah. there. That's Brooklyn. That was after. in Brooklyn with that look there. That, look, at, look at that. Yeah, he looks like, what do they call like him? Uh, no, they don't call What's that they call him? Um, the hipster. Hipsters. hipsters, that's right. He looks like a hipster. All you, yeah. need is, all you need is a French Foreign Legion beret. You can, <laughs> you you can, can buy, buy in Brooklyn. Yeah, in Brooklyn <laughs> you could buy a kilo looking like that. Uh, yep. Look at that. Look at that, huh? Yeah, there he is again. Oh, yeah. There he is with the injury. He's there really trying to sell that shoulder injury. <laughs> <laughs> when I got hurt, I tore my bicep once, and uh, and I, I so uh, they gave me this arm cast. And the thing was like, um, I looked like RoboCop. It was huge. Like it was. Now they make them more subtle, a little smaller. Yeah. I had the first original one, and when I went back, you know, when I I used to go to. Uh, the district surgeon, man, I used to make this whole big deal. Like, you know, I had to pull it up, move it over. Like, like uh, from young Frankenstein, you know, when he goes, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> down, pull it over, put it down. <laughs> and oh, yeah, God. I got nine weeks out, out of that. Wow. I, I hated going to going sick because I hated dealing with those surgeons. I don't know where they got them from. They had this assimilated rank of inspector, right? Yeah, and then when they say something you don't agree with, you're like, "Fuck, dude, what are you kidding?" They're like, "Hey, hey, hey!" <laughs> like I'm a boss type thing, you know. Yep. I always had good ones, man. Every surgery that I had, I always got nine weeks off. Really? Whatever the most was, yeah, I got nine weeks. It's pretty damn it was, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had good ones. If I went sick, I mean, but you also, you know, I don't know how it works now. How, how does the sick work now? Same way. Nothing's changed. All right, that's good. Yeah, nothing's changed as far as I know. Yeah. I, come, I knew how to manipulate that one pretty good. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're from Long Island, right? I, you know, I grew up yeah. in Levittown. Okay. In fact, yeah. Massapequa Mustangs, when I was in midget football, they were our biggest rival. Them and them in Farmingdale, you know. Yeah. Massapequa had the when I was a kid, Massapequa had, I think, the biggest midget football program in the nation. Yeah. And I don't it's probably not as big anymore. It's still big. They, they do well. Yeah, they do well. Yeah. These kids now want to play with the computer. They don't want to play football anymore, you know? I know. I know. How big is the uh, the opioid epidemic in New York? Um, it's, it's still bad. I mean, when I was there, you know, in Rock but it's not like it's, it still hasn't taken over the way it does in small towns, right? It's still more of like uh, – I think it's more different pills. I mean – Ecstasy, I think, is uh, – Yeah, out on the island, there's a lot of pills, a lot of heroin. Yeah, huh? uh, a lot, a lot of heroin. Um, I mean, in the city, we were getting a lot of mix of everything for the most part. You know, Lower Manhattan and stuff. A lot of cocaine, a lot of heroin. Pills. I mean, you know, I was part of thousands of arrests. Pills were not the big one. It was heroin and coke. Huh. Yeah. Is it character you can do as a narcotics cop? Like every time you go to bust somebody, like what is that? And you snatch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's <laughs> <some> cocaine. <laughs> like. <here we> <laughs> Oh, this guy's selling ecstasy. <laughs> he tastes everything like he's. And that was like in those old FBI movies. The agent, the, the agent would taste yep. the. Oh yeah, it's good. That's cocaine. Yeah. 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 When you when are you getting tested next? You know. Uh, well, you gotta you gotta put yourself out. We used to do. Uh, we went into an apartment had about I don't know five hundred pounds of weed in it, and we all felt like we were high when we walked out. We all got exposure numbers because I was like. Be just your luck to get dole tested the next day, you know. Oh, we've had some bad incidents. I had a guy, we're buying heroin from this guy, and we bought uh, it was 400 glassines, so 400 glassines of heroin. And to weigh it properly, because it was a case, you got to open up each glassine, got to wear a mask. Well, I wasn't wearing a mask, and this oh, is where God. it happened. I was wearing gloves, obviously, and I'm opening each one, putting it into a cup, putting it into a cup, putting it into a cup, filling it up, trying to weigh this out. I sneezed <laughs> right in my face. So luckily, I didn't get any symptoms, but you know, you got to call up. You got to get an exposure number with that. And right. I was scared. I was you freaking out. And dipping off or <laughs> no, no, no. Luckily, I was fine. It ended up being fentanyl, too. So that's like even more oh, scary. Thank a God. Big deal right now, right? What's that? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, such fentanyl. a big deal. I don't understand fentanyl. I know that supposedly uh, a little dose can kill a large group of people mm -hmm. and that they're kind of mixing it in with other drugs now. Yeah, so what they do is they put a little bit of fentanyl to kind of, you know, even everything out. I don't understand what that means, to even it out. Uh, is it because uh, just to uh, it's cheaper to, uh, like, as a cut to use fentanyl? Yeah, you could use it. I mean, the price is actually, I believe it's more expensive than the heroin itself. Oh, okay. But, yeah, but, um, I mean, they're, they're combining them because it gives people a quicker high. It's a different head, too? Oh, yeah, yeah totally different high. Yeah. yeah, totally different. Yeah, that's a. Well, yeah. you're you're in the thirteenth um, squad right now, right? That's that's not a violent precinct. That's there's probably getting a lot of more robberies right now, though. I bet. Yeah, right? ro robberies, burglaries, petty larcenies. I actually handle the missing persons because I'm hurt. That's all I could do. Oh, so they you you got to go in, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, it sucks. Sorry. Oh, so you're in the <laughs> you're in the missing person task force now. No, just actually the 13th precinct has its basically its own missing person unit because we have so many. Every day there's really? you know, 10, 15. It's runaways, you know, a lot of runaway kids. Uh -huh. You know, most of them come back. I mean, it's rare. Maybe once a month we'll get an actual real missing, but those cases get referred to the other agencies, you know. So. And the 13th, that's the command the police academy used to be in, right? Isn't yep. That? Mm -hmm. So that area right there, uh, for those who are from New York, that's like, uh, well, the police academy was on, I think, 20th Street or 21st Street between second and third over there. Mm -hmm. So that precinct covering that area gets the most amount of missings? We get a lot of missings. You know what it is? We cover two um, two shelters, ACS and Good, Good Shepherd, for children. So The Grand Central Terminal is right there, too. A lot of people must be getting out over there and uh, with no destination either. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't get it's, it's rare with mm -hmm. the missings. With those, it's rare. But uh, like I said, the kids, these kids that are staying in these uh, these placement shelters – they run away every day, mm -hmm. every day. But they're back within two, three, four, five days. They come oh, back. Back to the shelter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They come back. 
Yeah, they probably they probably find another place to lay their head for a minute, and then they come back when it uh -huh. runs out. Yep, absolutely. I used to always love the supervisors in those places that they couldn't care that every day this kid's running away, and it caused the police department so much work, and mm -hmm. they're just chain-smoking cigarettes. Oh, yes, you walked out. Didn't you stop him? No, you know, you feel like... Well, they can't. They're not supposed to. Yeah. They kind of just say bye-bye. You know? you know what? We're bitching about the cold in New York, but I'll tell you the truth. I was listening to um, something today, and they were talking about the homeless and the tents that pop up. Well, I'll just give them credit. It was I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about L.A. and the tent city that pops up over there because the weather, you know, it's the same all year. So... Um, like in New York, you bitch about the winter all the time. But if you didn't, right now, you'd have all these freaking 10 cities. It would just be all 10 cities. You know, it's, and then, you know, that's another problem you have to, when you're coming out of all of this, trying to, mm -hmm. who knows? I don't know if it's ever going to get back. Well, that, well now you have uh, people living on the trains, you know, on the subway. And that's yeah, why you have a 10 city then. Well, you're having so many incidents on the subway, people getting pushed onto the tracks, people getting you know they had the serial killer uptown right you see that guy that was on the tracks and the guy's yelling at him he goes hey man get up man you ain't hurt <laughs> it's one guy he's laid out on the tracks i guess he goes come on man you ain't hurt i gotta get to work man it's 5 30 in the morning you're messing everything up and the oh. guy's like he's trying to tell him Shh. he goes nah man you ain't hurt man get up and he's telling the cops he's bullshitting he's bullshitting That's what <laughs> new yorkers don't care man no, Mark, you want, to do, you want to do a commercial, Mark? Yeah, why don't we do the commercial? Hey, everybody, uh, if you're a fan of the show, you already know that we're sponsored by Silk City Hot Sauce. It's the best hot sauce in the world. What they do is they make it in small batches using uh, pure ingredients, locally grown peppers. That's the foundation of every bottle of Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, visit SilkCityHotSauce.com, and you can see all the different flavors that they have, including Bobby Biggs Chipotle, Aztec Attack, Badass Chew, Slurp, Mango Madness. Visit SilkCityHotSauce.com, SilkCityHotSauce.com. Put in a uh, OTC, that's uh, for off the cuff, OTC for a 15% discount, and you'll love it. There's, the, the bottles are pretty small. You get uh, It's worth ordering like four of them. It costs like uh, 20 bucks or something like that, but you'll love it. I put it on my food every day. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't get heartburn? <laughs> no, uh, no that's what does it. this stuff is the pure ingredients like i said um it doesn't there's no um you know you got to refrigerate it you know what i'm saying once you open it it's 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 one of those things there's no preservatives and stuff like that oh, so michelle wow. apranzo says it's hot and spicy so they're making well, that they have a lot of different flavors man and you know i'm on this diet now where i'm not uh, i got to avoid acidity and it doesn't bother my stomach at all oh that's great i had a a couple of years ago in 2018 in the, in January, I got an ulcer. Uh -huh. Oh my God. It was horrible. I, I just come off. I used to do bodybuilding shows and I just came mm -hmm. off a show and you know, I was sore and my doctor goes, Oh, just take three Advil every three hours. Mm -hmm. And I should have read and noticed that those are NSAIDs and they're going to burn a hole in my stomach. Oh my God. Sure enough. I burned a hole in my stomach. Wow. And ever since then, I've been a mess. I can't. Everything gives me, you know, angina, heartburn, and everything. I can't even eat spicy foods. And you are, yeah. you weren't, you weren't a nine eleven responder because that's almost twenty no. years ago. No, I was in tenth grade in high school. Well, yeah, Mark and I are both. I was in bodybuilding too. I used to, uh, I used to oil up the guys backstage before they went out. Yeah. My next show, come, come next show. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun, man. I have, a, I have a lifetime membership to Muscle Beach in California. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? You were when I walk up, they they know who I am. They go, there he is. <laughs> you were a bodybuilder. I was. I did. Yeah, I, well, you should put. You should have put up my pictures. I didn't know that about this guy. Yeah, I did physique. I did physique. I did, oh, physique. Okay. Well, I did bodybuilding. Not not real bodybuilding. I was a super heavyweight. I competed in. Uh, I don't know. It must have been like the 1990. No, 1990. Really? Uh, what did you do? WNBF? WNBF or? Uh, no, NPC, Natural uh, Eastern Classic. That was it. Yeah? NPC, yeah. I came in second place. In the heavy wow. Weight. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Now, that's here's awesome. the funny thing. You tell people you came in second place. They're like, wow. That's great. Yeah. There was only two competitors in the super heavyweight. <laughs> it was me and him. I, I knew that was the punchline. I, knew. <laughs> I, I swear just... to God. I said, I can show you the pictures. I still have them. I looked good though, man. You know, and I, everybody who was in the gym, cause I was real big. I was like, 
I used to walk around 270, 275. I had 20-inch arms. Wow. And everybody, you know, I'm 6'4". So uh, everybody, when I told people I wanted to compete, they're like, yeah, right. You're, the only cut you got on your body is your haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did it, man. I did it just to spite them. I used to have a holding, running thing for months while I was getting ready for the show. I used to work out at, uh, I think it was Bell Plaza on Bell Boulevard in, in Bayside. And there was a... a a, you know, you could. There was a sun thing that you could see, like from the roof, and the, the light came in perfect in front of the mirror. And every day at noon, when I work out, it was a challenge. And I, I'd stand there and I, <laughs> come on, where is everybody? Let's go. Who's who? You, you know, had the best abs in there. For me. You want? You guys want to see a picture? I'll show you. A picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it up. All right, hold on. Let me find it. I got to go back Let's in time. This is what we show naked pictures of each other. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go full. full. Full exposure. Uh -oh. Let's see. Let's see. Where's the picture? Does Actually, the NYPD still have a – they used to have a bodybuilding. No, nah, I don't think so. They, they don't do that anymore? I remember this. Uh, no, there's a powerlifting team. There was a guy from the – well, years ago, he was a lieutenant, John Cadiglia. He actually made chief. But every year he won. He was he was a monster. Yeah, but this is guy, Ron Wood, he used to win when I was on the job. And he competed in the WNBF, which was the Natural um, Bodybuilding Association. I'm going to beat you to the punch, pal. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, it's going to competed in, in 2018. <laughs> uh oh, hold on, I'm finding it. Our, our fans are getting they're getting antsy. <laughs> I know. I'm sure. Where's uh? uh I'm gonna where's I the, it. Look, hey, Joey, it? Joey right. Brooklyn just came on. Look at that. Wait, wait. Can you see that? Oh yeah! Look at you. All right, it's a little. You look like the Terminator a little. I don't know why you came out like that. Do you have a screen protector on? Oh, there! Wow, yeah. you were, you were jacked up. Yeah. Look at me, two seventy. That's impressive. Really impressive. Send it to Bill. So you put it, put it on the screen. I I didn't know you were. Uh, I didn't know you were. You did this because I would have did it. I, I'd love to show this picture. Oh, Rob, Rob, we should oh, really God. talk about uh, your foundation because that's what's most important right now. Uh, yeah, you know, what, you know what happened, Bill? Bill doesn't have any pictures in his. That's underwear. right. I don't have any bodybuilding <laughs> pictures to he show. Mad. So He's like, oh, well, wait a minute, man. I don't have any. I don't have any pictures in my underwear. <laughs> so, T.A., yeah, go ahead. Tell us about the foundation here, man. I'm getting upset now because I can't find these pictures. Don't worry, man. We believe you, man. We believe you. We'll put them right. up after the fact. Yeah, after the show. Okay. No. So, uh, so yeah, I have a foundation, and we have Fund the First. So the, the nonprofit that we have is called the Fallen First Reserve, and that's at fallenfirstreserve.org. And what we do is we give back to line-of-duty death families. So our goal is to be able to raise enough money to support the unfortunate three to 400 line-of-duty deaths that happen every year, and that's amongst first responders, military, and medical professionals. And our Where goal is, is to – New York? No, in the U.S. Nationally. Really nationwide, huh? Yeah. yeah, so our goal is to be able to give those families a $5,000 check. Here you go. No wow. wow. So we just we just launched that. That actually just went live a couple of weeks ago because the IRS takes a very long time to approve all these things, especially with COVID and everything going on. So that nonprofit is great. Um, actually, the president of it, I'm the chairman, but the president of it is uh, Mitch Weinstein, is a retired police officer from Florida. And uh, he's actually in, in, in insurance right now, um, but excellent guy. And our team is great, but giving back to line of duty, death, death families, it's, it's, you know, it's so unfortunate to see stuff like that. You know, we just want to be able to give them some type of support system right out the box when something like that happens. So that's the purpose of the fallen first reserve, but fun. The first is incredible. It's an incredible platform. And I know I started talking about it at the beginning, but unfortunately a lot of good things always come out of something bad. Right. And, you know, it's not always an idea that pops into your head and you're like, oh, let's do this. You know, it's it's a need that that presents itself. Uh, one of my supervisors and closest friends, his daughter was diagnosed with a rare disease. She ended up passing away two and a half years old. Uh, I'm getting choked up. So just excuse me for a second. Um, it's hard. You know, it was it was hard to, to see that. Yeah. Um, especially having kids and everything. We've had people on the show with hardships like that. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, they have a, a special disease day at the police. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we, me and Bill and I were crying like babies. Listen. Yeah, no, it's hard. So um, we talk about with uh, when when my when Jason when he was going through this with his daughter uh, Callie, um, I mentioned to him. I said, "Let's get you on a platform and raise money. Let's do a fundraiser for you." And he was right away. He said, no, I don't want to put her face out there because how do I know someone out in California 
is not going to steal her face, steal her name, steal her identity, and start raising money and say it's the same thing. Uh-huh. And that happens time and time and time again. You know that. Yeah, time, time and time again. And a perfect example was actually Detective Joseph Seals in 2019 in December. He was killed in the line of duty right here in New Jersey. Killed in the line of duty. Within three hours of his death, six GoFundMe campaigns went up. Wow. Boom. Six. Who are these people that are raising money? Were, they all, were they all fraudulent? Or? So the union immediately came out with a statement said, do not donate to any of those campaigns. We have no idea which one's the real one. It was really, really unfortunate when this happened yeah. because some people try to capitalize on hardships. Wow. I would you know? imagine that there's a whole business, now that you mentioned that, of just waiting for bad situations and people just jump at it. Who's well, there the- is. No. There is. People do that. They jump on these things. And we see wow. it time and time again. So when I when I recognized this, when, my, when Jason told me this about how he didn't want to do that for Cali, businessman and me kicked in, kicked into overdrive. And I started doing some serious research. And what, what, what we did was in crowdfunding industry as a whole, we took a data poll. And there's actually 600 million campaigns out there in the donation-based industry. And there's all different platforms. There's GoFundMe, um, YouCaring, Fundly. There's all these different platforms out there. There's actually 200 of them. So we took a data sample only using keywords, using first responder, military, police, firefighter, uh, nurse, doctor, uh, EMT, EMS, all you know the whole spectrum. We pulled 50,000 campaigns. Of those 50,000, 3% were duplicated. Now use that same metric, 50,000 of 3% of 50,000 does not sound like a lot, but now use the metric of 600 million, 3% being duplicated. That's 18 million campaigns. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. So we recognize this and we recognize this and we said, and you know, I said to myself before getting a team together, I said, I need to put something together for our first responders to have a trusted source to raise money without having to worry about anything. So when someone donates, they know that money is going to a verified source. And now how are we going to do that? Right. It's not just going to be our team making phone calls and saying, Hey, one PP, is this uh, you know, is Joe Smith actually a cop? Is this his tax number? All that kind of stuff. No, there's got to be a better method. And that's why we partnered with ID me. And I'm not sure if our listeners and you guys, if you know what ID me is, a lot of people use ID me for uh, discounts at all different types of places. Right. But, we wanted to integrate with them in a new way. And their CEO, Blake Hall, he's a former military. He was um, big time overseas, did some crazy things overseas. But we connected with him and we said, listen, we want to use you guys as a brand new use case. Let's get this to the forefront. Let's get this to our platform on Fund the First. And let's verify all first responders, military and medical professionals before their campaign even goes live. So we make sure that when that campaign is set, the beneficiary reads Robert Garland, but it has a little shield next to it. And that means verified. Right. And it's fully verified through IDME. Everything happens right, right within our platform. We have, if you look at campaigns, if you want to bring it up, it says verified verified by IDME. You know, it's very important. So it's transparency. Everyone wants to know that their money's actually going to a real source. So when we launched, we were very fortunate. I actually, you know, living in Massapequa, I happen to bump into Brian Kilmeade all the time from Fox and Friends, all the time. So while we were in development, I said, Brian, you got to get us on the show please. You know, he's like, oh, well, let's see if this is actually a real thing because no one knows if you're actually building something real. And then when we launched, he's like, oh shit, I got to get you guys on the show. Mm-hmm. So we got us on the show within the first week of launching in front of 2 million viewers and it took off. You know, the platform took off. And since July, we've only been live for seven months. Since July, we now have 150 fundraising campaigns. And this week we're going to hit $1 million raised combined. Wow, so, yeah. that's fantastic. It's really, yeah. really incredible. I want to shout out to Eddie Scally, who runs the uh, the site, Let Me Get One More Unit, which is a MOS support site. A lot of people that are thinking of doing bad things to themselves are supported by that site. Uh, Suicide Awareness, Dr. Washkel, who we've had on the show, is involved in that. And uh, they do a lot of help for cops. And cops need all the help they can get right now because we have very few friends out there in the political world. So we need all the friends we can get. And Rob, what you're doing is unbelievable because, you know, one of the biggest things you need when something happens bad is you need money, (laughs) you know? Well, not only that, Bill, to interrupt for a second, it's not always about the money. What that family is going through, and, you know, we do it all the time. We do... um, Unfortunately, it sounds like ambulance chasing, but it's not. When we see a death in the news or anything, I get on the phone and I call that department right away. And I say, my name is Robert Garland. 
I'm an NYPD detective, and I'm also from a, a company called Fund the First. I'm here to support you. Whatever you guys need, I'm here for you. And that's it. You know, I don't try to capitalize on it. I don't try to do anything. I try to let them know that there is a trusted source out there that has support. And now what happens to these families, when you lose a loved one, everything's running on the way to your shoulders, right? You're losing it. You know, everything, right. depending on, yeah. the, on the circumstance, you're losing it. And there's a lot of things going on. That money doesn't mean anything to anybody. You know what it means to people? The comments, the comments that are coming in on that platform. And when you see all these comments and you see hundreds of people saying, I love you. I'm so sorry for your loss. If there's anything I could do, it's not about that dollar symbol that comes next to it. It's about that full support system that comes along with it. So and that's really important. Um, I could just add a comment and not send any money and I'll be okay then. So no, we haven't built that yet. That's actually... <laughs> So right now, we're doing comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good with comments. Not so good with money. Big pockets, but I'll comment. I'll, I'll write a story if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so right, right now, the platform—it's not socially um, based yet. We're building it out a little bit more to make it more of a social platform for first responders, military, medical professionals to interact with one another. We have a first responder map on the on the on the on the uh, platform and you can see there's over 3,500 people that have created accounts on our, on our platform and they have little shields all over the country. If it's a green shield, it's military. If it's a blue, it's law enforcement, red is firefighters and so on. So even though we've had 25,000 donors on the, on the platform so far, only, only about 3,500 have actually created as first responders to be part of the community. And what we're doing with that is we're going to be able to eventually build out where people could interact with one another and maybe make it into our own social platform as well, because that's another thing. We need that. You know, We need that. First responders, military, medical professionals, we need something like that. And we try as much as we can to stay away from politics because you know, we got to cater to everybody. We definitely got to cater you know, to everybody. Sometimes, though, we, we talk about that on the show. Sometimes... Uh... It's very tough to stay away from the politics because policing is politics, believe it or not. And yeah. it's it touches politics every day. And we have to talk back uh, in regards to the people that are trying to hurt us, you know. And a lot of the people that are trying to hurt us are politicians. They're elected officials, you know. And we have to let them know that's not okay to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that is politics. We have, to, we have to hit back, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. No, it's good, man. You got some brain on you, and the fact that you know you—it's young guy, and you're savvy with the, uh, you know, about crowdsourcing and stuff like that, and the fact that you're getting uh, um, law enforcement and uh, first responders mm -hmm. involved with that, putting them on your back—that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, thank you. We've had um, we've had quite a few NYPD campaigns. Unfortunately, a lot of tragedies. Um, you know, but you know what? The support of the community when these things go live. It's incredible, especially the most important thing is sharing the campaign, right? It's not just about posting it on our platform and just relying on people to maybe donate. People have to have an emotional connection. You know, they're not going to donate unless they know that person maybe or they know someone through that person. So it's really important when someone launches a campaign on our platform to make sure you share it with your networks, you post on social media, you call up the news. We've done it. I mean, we've been in the news over 100 times. We call up the news for certain campaigns. We let them know, hey, you know, get this in the news. You know, we try our best to help out everybody that comes to our platform. And we make it more of a personal relationship. We don't just click a button and say, okay, this campaign's going live. We contact every campaign. We let them know that we're here to support them also. That's fantastic. So, you know, and how was the department with supporting this when uh, you first were developing it? Well, it's, it's off-duty employment. You know, so it's off-duty employment. Uh, we've had actually the SBA has shared uh, a couple of the campaigns on their Twitter, which has been nice. Um, the DEA has shared a couple of the campaigns that have been detectives involved uh, through their emails, email blasts, which has been nice. Um, I'm not trying to work on like an official partnership with the NYPD right now because I don't want it to, to sound like a conflict of interest. Um, however, getting the support, obviously, of our immediate family here with the NYPD is incredible. You know, everyone's starting to slowly realize that Fund the First is here and it's it's the place to go. You know, I'm not saying well, that because it's a good idea because. I mean, whether you want to dedicate one episode to a, a specific, um, what what is that? What what, what each episode gets its. Robert Garland, Duty Ron just donated a hundred dollars to uh, your platform to the oh, GoFundMe wow. platform. He's wow! Thank you, Duty Ron. Duty Ron, thank you, sir. So much, appreciate man. it. Appreciate it. So your Thanks, podcast sir. basically, if you did a uh, one episode per uh, cause, you'd have material for forever yeah so that's again at some mm -hmm. point you'd catch up 
and then you'd be doing the new ones what you just created it for what and where they could find it and that's that you got material for for a while yeah that's what we've been doing uh i do a show every thursday so i'm actually booked up until june right now which is yeah. pretty incredible yeah um, and you could do but, it for yourself which is um which is good too because you know when you think about the format and the structure like you know you're just talking about the which case that it's it's involved in and where the money goes for that and you could build up the whole case so it's it's a beautiful idea it's brilliant and uh duty mm -hmm. ron is um is such a gentleman you know he helped us out uh he got our numbers from uh, you know jacked them up like you know it was like we were on steroids once judy you've been talking about the gym and stuff mm -hmm. duty ron was our steroids we were working out <laughs> And we, you know what, we were still, we were looking good, but once we took a couple of shots of duty, Ron, we blew up. We just, we just, a lot of his fans come over to watch us. Yeah, yeah, they're good people. They, he's got a good following. They're nice got people. A great following, you know, and they're duty, very supportive. Duty, Ron, thank you so much. Definitely, uh, if you want to contact me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. So, duty, Ron, you are means. steroids. <laughs> you are steroids. You are, you are a shot in the butt. <laughs> and, and Rob, if you want to have any of um, Mark or I on your show, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're heroes. You know that. I'm oh just yeah. <laughs> no. just but Listen. any any kind of guests you want to have that were on our show, we'll reach out to them for you. You know, that'll be great. You know, I call the hero. And then, actually, you know who you should? Have? I'll tell you right now who you should have: Lieutenant Peter Pranzo. Yeah, yeah. The great okay. Harlem commander from back in the day, street crime. He's a he's a gem, and his wife Rachella will come on for free of charge. <laughs> you want to have me on? I gotta get all my. Uh, if you want to have me on, I gotta get all my pictures, uh, my bodybuilding pictures together. Yes, so let yes. yes, Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, Any you don't videos? ever see them again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I call I call it the Heroes First podcast because it's obviously first first responders, but our heroes come first, right? That's it's and a hero could be anybody in life. Think about this um this man that got killed uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was in Brooklyn, and there was a shooting and he jumped in to intervene because he wanted to protect his family. He wasn't a cop, he wasn't a first responder, military, anything, but he was a hero in that case. Yeah, right. He was a hero and unfortunately he lost his life, but he was he was a hero, you know, and that's why I bring people on the show to talk about what what they think of heroes you know what they think a hero is and then also i ask a question what do you think your superpower would be if you could have one uh -huh. you know and i had this one guy he's like i'll be the hulk so i could yell at my wife more so but it, it's great you know like you guys said it's so nice to a lot of heroes coming up because uh what's that what's uh the blasio's wife's name what's her name i don't know Sh charlene yeah, Charlene, she she came up with this thing. She wants uh she thinks uh civilians should get more involved in uh violent incidents. Oh yes, the new initiative. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't that's, that that, that's brilliant. didn't that make that work out up, in the summer with uh when uh, Eric Adams said, you know, you should go out there and and you know, if they're blowing up fireworks, you know, go confront them and then the woman went to confront them and the guy shot and she killed her right there. <laughs> and now yeah. even knowing that that's their argument. He said, okay, we're not going to get more cops or we're not going to uh, let them do their jobs, but you should get involved in violent interactions and, you know, step in and, and look. And she said, look the, the violent person in the eye and talk to them directly. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll definitely see yeah, how this goes. Oh, you know, we goes. also yeah. see with the, uh, you know, social workers responding to EDPs. That's a disaster waiting to happen, too. Well, you didn't hear about it. <laughs> so today's job or yesterday's job was it in the seven one where the cops responded? That was like an EDP job. The guy shot. The guy shot two cops. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that was that was mm -hmm. like an. Well, yeah, he shot his roommate. You know, let's mm -hmm. send the social workers. They're the violence interrupters. You know. <laughs> oh man, I, I, you know it's it's strange. Who comes up with these ideas? And again, I don't like to get political, but Mister Potato Head. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, sometimes you have to get political when politicians do things that are so stupid without any, you know, they don't ask anyone that's trained in the field, is this, could we do this? Is this okay to do this? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. You know, for example, you know, I've, I spoke to someone today that's a heavyweight in the police business. And he said, all the politicians are sorry that they passed the diaphragm law, but it's too late. 
Now it has to go through court to get it reversed. Right. Oh, and um, Duty Ron brings up something good. And he said, and the worst, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Just to put it out there, um, I don't want to toot my own horn. But two weeks ago, last Thursday, I said, Cuomo's got two weeks left. And <laughs> I don't know who we were on with, Bill and whoever we were, uh, we were on with. We were like, no, what are you talking about? I said, he's got two weeks left. One more girl comes out. That's it. He's finished. And then three more have come out since then. There's a total of five now. Uh, the governor's mansion today for, to, for him to, uh, and he said he's not going to resign. So am I wrong if he doesn't resign by Thursday? I don't know. I said he's done. Actually, now, if, if you use that context, you're there, right. <laughs> well, it took away his power to, uh, I guess, to to govern in times of emergency. They already voted against that. Now they, they're trying to vote to impeach. So I don't know if it's going to happen by Thursday. But I was pretty much, I pretty much nailed that one. I don't want to. Yeah, but, I think yeah, you, but you, you know, have, you have it in the right context. But what's yeah. really more <laughs> egregious? It's not the this. It's the uh, nursing home scandal. Is that's illegal? Well, this is all a distraction. Yeah, but, it's a, it really the nursing home scandal is is the meat and potatoes. There are four or five other Democratic governors around the country that um, also are being questions about their uh, their use of the nurse, nursing home. So that you know, this whole sexual thing was. I, I feel like it was a distraction. I believe that. Yeah, but still, nonetheless, we found out the guy's a creep. You know, <laughs> we found out. We always knew it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just um, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe too. I mean, you know, I don't know. Just being a guy, just being a guy. You know, it's like you don't have to do that, especially with that much power. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're single, I don't know. It's just there's so many other sources, ways to 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 meet somebody if you're if you're lonely. Than the people that you work with, when you know th- these are the only people I can't, I shouldn't talk to in this way. You know, you still have another life, you still have a social life, you still go out, friends yeah. will hook you up. You know, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's crazy. But you know, with with this uh, foundation and with the, the Heroes podcast, I mean, it's just going to get bigger and bigger every year, and you know, mm-hmm. it's such a timely thing because. Rank and file police, they need help right now. They really do, man. They really need support from other avenues because they're getting beaten down every day. Every day, there's a new law passed that takes away police powers. You know. So do you guys care if I share the screen really quick and show the platform? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, let me. Let's see. I don't know if it will let you. Oh, not know. on your end, I don't think. I think it's sure. uh, Hold on. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah, I can put it up there. Hang on. Now you can't see it? Yeah. Okay. There it is. There we go. Got it? Yeah, that looks cool, man. Okay, so this is our website, fundthefirst.com, crowdfunding for our nation's heroes. If anyone wants to start a Fund the First, all you would do is click here. If you have a user profile, you would log in or you would create an account. So I'll just browse through it really quick. These are each of the services that we have that we provide for, military, law enforcement, dispatch, firefighters, corrections, and medical. These are some of the trending campaigns, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of tragedies, as you see. But um, I'll click on the browse campaign so you guys can see. Because there's so many different reasons why people could raise money. It's not just for tragedy, right? It's illnesses, surgeries, deaths, catastrophic losses. It's good causes. It's business ventures. So we actually have a lot of campaigns that went live uh, in the past day for business ventures. And look at this. So this is like a military campaign. Help us support military spouse and veteran-owned businesses. So she hasn't raised any money yet. She hasn't even shared it yet. She just went live, I think, this morning. Um, But what's cool about this is you could set a tier. So if someone donates $500, this is her little tier system that she has. So if you select that, you can get a kickback from her $50 gift card or a custom amount. So it's really cool. So many different unique ways why people could uh, use the platform here at Fund the First. And I just wanted to give you guys a quick showing of that as well. But as you see, thank you. Thank you. And then then this is the the fall of first... Go ahead. No, you said you mentioned not just deaths, but illnesses. Yeah. So, like that, so uh, if you look right, if yeah. I go back to the browse page really quick, um, filter by category, line of duty death, off duty death, illness, surgery, catastrophic loss, equipment for a department, business venture, a good cause. Let's actually click on equipment for a department. This is really cool. Okay. So let's say you work in a department that has been defunded. 
or you work in a department like this one up in upstate New York that wanted to reinstate their canine program, but they didn't have the funds to do it. They needed to raise $11,000 and look where they are. They're at 10,000 to reinstate their canine program. Super awesome. I mean, you know, for people to think of this idea to come to our platform and do this and verify, the town of East Greenbush actually verified. They had one of their officers verify, and then they changed the name so it could reflect that. Um, so it's really cool. You know, you can see all the all the comments as well. Um, so it's nice. It's definitely nice. We're we excited a, about this. A lady on here with uh, that could help you out with the dogs. Yeah, KK, KK Schiller. It's called Canines for Cops. Okay, she's, great. she's out of Texas, and they actually donate dogs. To fully trained dogs to departments. Really? Yes. Just the the letter K, the the uh, the uh, number nine, a little S, and the number four cops. That's what it is. Okay. I look at nines for cops. Her I'll name's KK KK Schiller. She's she's amazing. Okay. And, we uh, had her on the show. She was great, and uh, that was somebody you should probably connect with for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, let me answer one of these questions. Scott, yes. Retired MOS are definitely able to do it. World Trade Center victims as well. Um, I, the World Trade Center victims, do you mean first responders or do you mean actual um, civilians? just want to clarify because our platform, what we do is with IDME, with the partnership, we verify the first responder military and medical professional credentials. In, a, in the incident of a, of a line of duty death of one of the family members, we'll verify the next of kin and we have a process for that internally that we do. In the event of a huge catastrophic incident where let's say like what happened uh, the other day in Brooklyn, if that, that guy, if his family wanted to come to our platform, he was a first responder, we would verify them 100%. Because there ended up being a GoFundMe for it. But we would 100% allow that on our platform. But okay, so Scott says first responders. But I mean, in the incident of 9-11, if, if we're going to have, you know, a lot of those people are first responders in that incident. They're running into burning buildings. They're protecting people, you know, so we would definitely verify those families and help them out. So, you know, Rob, one of the things that um, that I see and it, it totally breaks my heart is when you see a guy come home from Iraq or Afghanistan and he's missing limbs. Yeah. I mean, to me, that guy should be taken care of for the rest of his life by the government in a, in a very comfortable fashion. But- we don't treat our military that well. We really but you don't. Treat, we treat actors that well. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, look, look how about Gary Sinise? That he's guy, awesome. He's a he's saint, incredible. that guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a saint. He's incredible. We're, we're, um, we're looking to contact him with our nonprofit, Fallen First Reserve. We want to do some things together. Um, but he's, he's incredible. What he does for the first responder community, oh, my God. It's a, yeah, I mean, there's a selfless guy, so we can't he's, always just put everyone under the same headline actor, you know, but – He's a selfless guy that gives his time, his mm -hmm. money. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Acosta said, there's a lot of people watching live. Please hit the like button and help out our friends. Help our friends out. So thanks. Thanks, Tim. That's a good idea. Yeah. Bill brings up an interesting point, man. Those, uh, like Gary Sinise is a saint. And uh, you're on your way, buddy. You're doing good things. Who, how fine, many are uh, part of this operation? Like, you know, this it sounds like there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, no, so we have a, a pretty small, tight-knit team, and everybody falls within what they need to do for the company, right? So um, we have myself. Uh, we have Michael LaLuna. Michael is our, our chief financial officer. He's a CPA in Merrick. If anybody needs a CPA in Merrick, New York, Michael right. LaLuna is the way to go. He, uh, he's got hundreds of people, and a lot of them are first responders, which is great. Um, there's Kevin Darcy. Kevin's a lieutenant in the NYPD, still active. Um, he handles our communications within within the company. John Icorn is an active police officer in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and he handles our all, all of our talks with our lawyers because there's a lot of stipulations, a lot of regulations that we have to we have to do. Um, so he does a lot of a lot of our policy building and stuff. Uh, so he's our chief compliance officer. Uh, Ashton Regan. Ashton, she is a military spouse. Her husband is in the military. He's high ranking uh, in North Carolina. And uh, has been overseas a couple of times. Uh, thank him for his service. Thank you. And uh, she's our chief operating officer. Incredible woman. She does a lot for the company. Definitely makes sure everything is up and running. And then uh, Mitch Weinstein. Mitch, over Mitch overlooks our business strategy and makes sure that we have the proper partners and everything in place to make sure that this is a household name. We want Fund the First. Our goal was from launch within two years. I said a year, but then I, I, I made it a little more conservative. Within two years, we want Fund the First to be a household name across the country. Wow, so that's, that's that's the goal. And we're now. How we're did you how did you have this entrepreneurial uh, 
spirit and talent to be able to put this together? So that takes a lot of work, right? Business is a whole different spectrum and it's definitely way outside the spectrum of being a detective or a police officer or military. And a lot of people, they always have an idea of starting a business and, okay, I'm going to create an LLC, right? I'm going to start an LLC. I'm not going to have any partners. I'm going to do a t-shirt business, make coins, whatever it is. But building a broader, a broader business where it's really reaching a lot of people is a lot of moving parts. And I could do a whole show on that. Yeah. So that's all. That's a, I could talk for hours on that. But the reason I, I was always business. Business was everything to me. I always wanted to learn business. I always wanted to understand it. I actually studied psychology in college, um, but and played baseball. But uh, business is such a it's a unique world, and it's very different. There's a lot of different moving parts to business, especially with funding, capital. You know, how do you get a business started? How do you know where to where to go? Do you want to be an LLC, an S corp, a C corp? How do you get a team together? How do you work on your equity shares with that throughout the team? You know, how do you do everything? How do you partner? How do you draft MOUs? How do you market? How do you do PR? That's why that's why Mark and I have been doing this podcast for two years and we're broke as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't have that entrepreneurial spirit. We just want people to love us. No, it's, 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 that's it's, great, though. That's you great. brought up an interesting point, which is that uh, businesses you find business interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't like I, I I'm horrible <laughs> at it. Like I have my interest lies in in stupid things, art. Uh, you know, theater, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you name it. That's where my heart goes. That's where that, that's where I know a lot of stuff about. That's what fascinated me. And, and you know, Bill, you know, he likes shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> resting, that's not uh, true. I never <laughs> shot anyone in my 27 years. <laughs> he, likes, he likes putting away hum- bad guys. You know, yeah. it's the real deal. So everybody takes a whole bunch of different people. And the irony is that we all have a law enforcement background. Even though we have these special skills, uh, or interest on the side, we still, you know, we're still involved in law enforcement. And that's where our heart starts uh, out. You absolutely. Know? You know, uh, yeah. one of the things uh, I know, Rob, you got to you got to jump off in ten minutes. Yeah, he's got three kids waiting to eat, and they, 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 they <laughs> they're, they're, they're scratching at the door right now. We just we just got to plug ourselves a little. Bit. I gotta I gotta drive thirty minutes to pick them up. Oh, oh my god, Tim Acosta, thank you so much for that ten dollars super chat. Uh, you the fans watching this. Thank you so much. There's a lot of cross pollination with this, and Duty Ron reminded me that we just had Carla Cacavelli on, whose dad was killed in, in the line of duty, off duty, but in the line of duty when she was 23 days old. And she um, she's a big supporter of us. She sells uh, sweatshirts to raise money for the DEA and stuff like that. All of this stuff. There's so many people, great people that we've met through this. Um, the other thing we have to plug up, please, if you're not a Patreon member, you can join our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash police off the cuff. We have three tiers for $7 a month. You're the bucket. For $9 a month, you can polish my rack. And for $11 a month, you get to dip them in butter. And that depends. You can dip whatever you want in butter, but that's the $11 a month. Uh, what else am I? What else do I got to plug, Mark? Anything else? Well, if you haven't subscribed yet to our YouTube channel, please do. If you want to put up the banner for um, either the Patreon or the YouTube, yeah, the, don't forget uh, about Silk City Hot Sauce, folks. Check out Silk City Hot Sauce. If you like hot sauce, it's the best that I've ever tried. Uh, pure ingredients. And put in our coupon code OTC for a 15% discount. Visit SilkCityHotSauce.com. Thank you. And that's our Instagram there we are on Police Off the Cuff on YouTube. Please sign up, uh, subscribe to that. We just crossed over 3,000 subscribers, but to really compete with these housewives, you got to have like an 100,000. I have housewives doing real crime shows and they're blowing us away. And we did that. We were, we were really the, we're the real deal, you know? Wow. But it's, we're, it's, getting it's, out, it's, we're getting our voice out there. And we're happy that we could share our platform with our guest tonight, Robert Garland. Um, he's on the job right now. And he's uh, he's not laying on his laurels. No, he's still he's still going in there and, and looking for missing people with a bum shoulder. Um, but he also has this company that he's a CEO called uh, Founder uh, Fund the First. Fund the First, yeah. And um, it's incredible that the work that you're doing. I'm just overwhelmed by how much stuff and how many different uh, people that you're helping out here. And I wish you all the best. You're always welcome on our show. 
And, Mark, uh, I just got to plug some other things. Okay. Uh, tomorrow night, I have, I'm doing a real crime show with an unbelievable guest. His name is Tommy Dades, and he's one of the NYPD's foremost uh, organized crime experts. He has a book out called uh, Friends of the Family, which has to do with the mafia cops, which he was a big part of locking them up years ago. And we're going to talk about some mafia stuff. We're even going to talk about some mob terms, you know, like getting straightened out, opening the books, keep your friends close, your enemies closer, things like that. You spend time with your family. If you don't spend time with your family, well, it's, I messed it up. If you don't spend time with your family, a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. We're going to discuss things like that. <laughs> That's Tommy Dades. Thursday, I'm, I mean, an unbelievable show. I don't even know how we're going to finish it in an hour and a half. We have Lieutenant Jack Cambria, the most experienced hostage negotiator. He's retired. And we have James Shanahan. Oh, my God. I don't know how, how those two are going to get a word in edgewise. Both, both masters, instructors, both right. uh, gentlemen. And uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm recording another episode of uh, the stories with, uh, story time with Mark DeMeo. And this one's called The Dirty Oily Guy. And that's for our <laughs> Patreon subscribers. It's a great story. You're going to love it. I'm going to do it right after this while I'm in the mood. But uh, Robert Garland, you're a, a, true, a true gentleman, man. God bless you. And Thank you. Thank you. you. Likewise. Rob, it was great to meet you. And, you know, take care of your kids, all right? I will. I will. (laughs) Pick them up, all right? It's getting late. Who are you going to be on a podcast and leaving your poor kids at your your mother's house? (laughs) (laughs) When your wife hears about this, she's going to be like, are you kidding me? Rob, if you want, uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Mark DeMeo, just put in. uh, So this way, if you want to share uh, bodybuilding pictures together. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can. We'll tag each other. <laughs> that, there's Thank something you. wrong with that. I, I just that didn't like the way that sounded. That was, that was, that was horrible. I know. It's just a thing amongst bodybuilders. Oh, okay. So you can apply the oil to his back and he'll do the yeah. same. The front. Can, the front. And then you, and the then you can. Uh, the, the, the other guy has to. Um, Oil him up before he goes on stage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'll give us a reason to get back in shape. Yeah. Oh man, guys, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you Thanks so much, Rob. And all police off the cuff fans, thank you so much for watching. And uh, tune in tomorrow night to uh, live with uh, myself and Tommy Dades. Good night, everybody. Nice. Good night, guys. <laughs>